you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Welcome back to She's All Over the Place. I am so excited to have you here. And I had the wonderful opportunity to cover the Tribeca Film Festival. And I have a director on with me today, Zach Ingrassi. He is the director of the new film documentary titled This Is Not Financial Advice. And as always, this episode is not financial advice. This is just educational, fun, caring, and sharing. And we're going to dive right in. Zach has directed and made multiple films that have been on Netflix, HBO, Amazon Prime, and the list goes on. You can check the show notes below to get a full list and tune in more. He is the co-founder of Optimist. We are going to talk today about his new documentary that premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival 2023. Zach, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, Kind of riding off uh, a high of being at Tribeca and finally getting to show this film to the world. Oh, let's start there. So um, where is it going to be? How is everyone going to see it and when? Right. So we just had the world premiere at Tribeca um, to a sold out screening of like 500 people. And after having released films and during the pandemic, I think that's like really rewarding for filmmakers now because... So much of what we had to do was like these virtual releases, but, you know, getting to sit in a room and actually have people laugh at your film and get to feel that energy was huge. So from there, we're kind of in discussions right now with uh, distribution options. So it's still a little TBD, but we'll definitely be doing uh, kind of a limited theatrical run and and then hopefully more soon on on exactly where you'll be able to see it. Sounds good. We'll keep everyone listening, uh, tuned in and updated. Circling around to the root of you as an artist, when did you start filmmaking and why? Yeah. Oh, man, it's a good question. It was very much accidental. You know, I think both Chris and my uh, my co-director, Chris Temple, who made this film and all these other films with me and co-founded Optimist, our production company, um, we both were studying economics in, in college and have never really taken film classes. I took like one small film class in high school, but uh, we accidentally during our sophomore year of college made this short documentary or this documentary called Living on One Dollar, where we were living under a dollar a day for two months in rural Guatemala. And that ended up hitting Netflix and raising $2 million for this community where we were filming. And we realized that documentary is this intersection of creativity And also um, a spark to really get people to potentially get interested or involved in these issues that we really cared about. You know, we were studying economic development. So how people around the world, how, you know, the world develops. And so these are issues that we like nerded out about, but didn't really have a lot of ways to talk about. And then film just became that conduit. And so fast forward 10 years later, now I do identify as a filmmaker. (laughs) I love documentaries we've been making. I think this is our fourth feature documentary. And yeah, it was really wonderful to be able to to premiere our new one at Tribeca. Wow, congratulations. It sounds so aspirational for the person tuning in. We have a lot of younger folks listening. And, you know, I know as creators, we want, and as humans, we want to have that connection of why and and feel purposeful. And what I'm just rippling of what I'm hearing you saying is, you know, people are interested and they want to partake because it's Mm. something that they care about. And you can interweave your passion of, well, what you went to school for, but creativity and and make a mark in the world and, and 
doing it through documentaries. I mean, it just opens up my mind to a whole new possibilities. Really, really neat. Congratulations. Yeah, it's really kind of surprised us. You know, we've almost raised over $90 million for the communities where we film and nonprofits that work in those communities over the last 10 years. And like, I never knew that documentaries could be such a catalyst, I think, for people to to get involved and do something about these issues. I think docs are really good at they're not not the best sometimes at the deep kind of technical information side, but they always are able to touch us in our hearts. And that's what films are so good at is really kind of pulling us in emotionally to these issues. And um, then if we can capitalize on like those 10, 15 minutes that we're all like so invested uh, with an impact campaign or ways to get involved or ways to learn more, it can be really effective at, at getting people involved. So that's what we do at Optimist with every film that we make. We also have an impact impact campaign or a way that someone can get involved or learn more or take action. So it's been a cool journey and a bit of a surprise. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, a lot as well. And it sounds like, you know, it takes a team effort and to have, you know, other people be involved. So you mentioned Chris has been with you on all your projects thus far. Yeah, my co-director, Chris Temple, uh, we actually met because we were on the same like hallway in our dormitory and in college, our freshman year. So we started out just as friends and then had this kind of wild summer adventure that eventually became our first film. Wonderful, wonderful. And diving into This Is Not Financial Advice, you cover different subjects. How did you find them or how did they find you to be participants in the documentary? Right. I mean, so this film, This Is Not Financial Advice, it it follows four different kind of regular investors in the U.S. who navigate the last kind of roller coaster of the last two years, two, three years. The kind of central participant of the film, subject of the film, is this guy named Glauber Contasoto, or Pro is his nickname, or also known as the Dogecoin millionaire. And we found him early on via Twitter, actually. And this was before he was a full millionaire. And we had a quick Skype with him. And I think as soon as we met him, we were like, wow, this this guy has a really interesting story. Um, you know, he's a, an immigrant to the United States. He had a really difficult past trying to find stable jobs. And he kind of was like in the in just in this kind of grind and, and difficult place. And then he YOLO'd all of his money on Dogecoin. And that went up to ultimately to $3 million during our filming time. Um, and then came crashing down. So you follow this roller coaster ride really of his experience investing and then we also kind of pop off to three other subjects uh you know who kind of are a diverse look at at what investors are in in america yeah i loved that you had his mom in the film and she was so compassionate and graceful and loving and it was really intimate and you know really raw and real to see and a lot of people can relate and then it's also eye-opening of how some people live and how some people don't get a fair shot because of his circumstances of not having you know legal papers to be able to work and sustain his job and then and keep getting you know fired over and over yeah so it was really impactful um i personally like uh you know the quality of the film it was really well done what did you shoot on well thank you i appreciate that it's always good to hear that uh people like our our cinematography and kind of approach we shot on c500 mark twos uh which are these like great versatile cameras i mean what's amazing now is like you can 
there's so many cameras that that you can just look so make look so cinematic we shot on these zeiss prime lenses um mm. uh that give it that extra kind of sharp uh look and yeah yeah i appreciate it i think we just try and embed ourselves as much as possible the film is kind of driven by these verite moments with pro with sanai with rays with kayla are the four different subjects and it's funny because pro ended up actually living just literally two blocks down from my fiance and so I would, i'd walk from his house over to pro's house and you know there'd be moments where pro would just like leave the front door unlocked so that we could come in and like film him waking up you know, like these really kind of intimate moments that uh, we're so grateful that kind of pro led us into his life in such a intimate way. And, you know, it, it was really hundreds of hours of footage and you know, even more hours of, of editing this down over over two years to make it ultimately into, I think, an 86 minute film. Mm, two years, two years. So do you know how many shoot dates are within that two years oh, or no? Oh my gosh, like so many. That is such a good, I should look actually. I, I can't even, I'm not even <laughs> sure. But making documentaries is is kind of a crazy process. Like people don't quite realize, I think, the amount of filming you do and even the number of people that ultimately don't end up in the film because you kind of make a film three times, right? You're like, think up this idea and you're like, yeah, we're making a film about investing. And like this film even started out with the GameStop stuff. Ultimately, the film, I think, says GameStop maybe one time in it. But by the time we met, you know, once we started shooting and once we met Pro and these three other people, we're like, oh, there's a much deeper story here about kind of our relationship to money like what these kind of anxieties and uh, fears and ambition that uh, motivates our relationship to money and I think ultimately yeah. that's what we were hoping to to talk about in this film through the stories of of these four people um, yeah yeah and how it paralyzes us uh, I love the <laughs> um, the intimate moment with Kayla and she's like talking to a, a group of people and she's like who talks to you about financial advice or who talks to you about finances and it's kind of a unless you go to school for it you know you know certain people just are numbing to it I mean I know you know there are different classes you can take to learn about finances but you know some people talk about it but if it's not your world there are many people obviously you know that don't talk about it and so it really breaks down in a way of you know this blanket of going in to the stock market and you know this is the one person or this is how it is and, and showing variations of ways of how new people can have opportunities and I loved how you brought Kayla into it and gave that different spirit with her energy and and you know how you know because when I was a kid, I remember, you know, it was like, you know, a man's world putting on a suit and mm -hmm. pants or, you know, it's like you have a career, get married. And it's like, now you can do both. But yeah, it's so difficult. But it's not so cut and dry, like either or it's, and there's new educational tools like Instagram, uh, the TikTokers, you know, the influencers to to really learn. So a lot of people really uh, like that. So I appreciate that you like Kayla, because that we we felt like Kayla had to be part of this because I was at the time Chris and I we were learning most of our investing advice from TikTok right and like that's where eighty <laughs> percent of young people get their investment investing advice is is from TikTok from social media and in some ways it's so cool I mean you can if in the film we have Kayla kind of explain a bull like where the terms bull market um comes from uh, versus bear market. 
And I sat there watching this film at Tribeca next to Josh Brown or some of these other, you know, huge names in finance. And a few of them were like, I I never even knew that. Right. And and I think what TikTokers do so well is break down some of these really complex concepts into something that's totally understandable. And, you know, Kayla, especially we we were watching her stuff and we're like, oh, this could be this is a really important thing to talk about, because really this rise of financial advice on social media is been really interesting. In, in some ways, it's it's so great in the sense that it's kind of democratizing financial uh advice or information or or learning but then there's of course this double-edged sword side of it right like there are realities about the algorithm of social media and um, this attention economy and this kind of ex- expectation that everything is positive, even when it's not. So like that really get it, having Kayla, who kind of represented that that social media side and eventually pro who gets into that game as well, I think ultimately is is something we should all think about. And to be honest, I mean, it's crazy that we don't learn about these basic stuff in school. Like yeah. I studied economics in college at like a fancy liberal arts school and where uh claremont mckenna college in los angeles Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i graduated college and i didn't even realize that when you put money in your roth ira my retirement account i didn't know you actually had to invest that money like you have to allocate it somewhere and like if i didn't learn that studying economics in college then what are other people don't other people know about kind of basic skills that ultimately set us up for finance for success and Mm -hmm. so it's something that i think we've become really passionate about now making this film yeah and i love how now in 2023 you know we're incorporating art science tech creativity with finance and Mm -hmm. making it in a fun way like uh you mentioned in the documentary um when doyage was um you know created it was it was a meme it was a funny thing and and a lot of beautiful things when i was watching it i felt like you know a lot of beautiful things come from having fun with your friends, come from a slip up. All these genius things come from just playing and having fun. That's why a lot of Google and different companies, they have rooms now, you know, where you just have think time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, play time. And so um, that's really, really important. Uh, and you even mentioned, you know, you hit all the marks because in addition to TikTok, podcasts is where, you know, independent podcasters, it's where people are going to for, you know, this resourceful information for free. And I saw you know, one of your subjects participants was uh, a podcaster. So how did you find some of these um, financial experts on Wall Street um, to partake in the documentary? Yeah, there, you know, we were uh, along this ride with with Pro and Rays and Sinai and Kayla and Pro was getting a lot of immediate attention from like New York Times, from podcasters, from kind of big YouTubers like Graham Stephan or Andre or Meet Kevin. Um, so some of that came naturally through their experiences. And then also there were some financial kind of experts that we wanted to bring in who, you know, you see throughout the film to talk about kind of different uh, bigger kind of societal issues. And uh, one of them is this guy named Morgan Housel, who wrote a book called The Psychology of Money. And it was kind of this, it, it allowed us to think deeper about, you know, why we make these financial decisions and how all of us have kind of different risk tolerances and approach approaches to how we want to invest. And so it was really interesting to get to talk to him and have some of these people be a part of the film and you know a lot of it is just kind of outreach via social media or twitter or stuff but uh we were really excited when when they were willing to kind of be 
be on camera and be part of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned um, something and it, it made it come back up for, you know, the tech heads. You're shooting so much content. So how are you saving it? Where do you save all this content? Like you have to back up your backup and back up the backup. Like, like how yeah. do you keep it all organized? Oh, man. We have, you know, these hard drives. I think we shot... Hmm around like 50 terabytes of footage, right? So <gasps> a huge amount of footage, but we have, I think two different backups always in different locations. Uh, you know, the, the reality is making these films takes an entire team. So we had an incredible editing team, um, two kind of lead editors who worked with us throughout the process and a finishing editor um, and a number of assistant editors and all were fabulous. And honestly, I... Uh, we yeah just the organization of footage alone or archival or kind of all of these different elements that we are bringing into the film and the producers uh, our producing team like there's a whole team behind the scenes right it's not just me and Chris but it's when you first uh, started the process it was yeah yeah initially it was our first film I think we made on like six thousand dollars that ended up on Netflix and now like yeah the budgets are not six thousand dollars that was a you know being a, a poor student who was able to beg for a sound designer to come and help us finish the film and stuff but uh, we would not have been able to start without the generosity of the community I think in general the the documentary you know community is this kind of like nice like little haven outside of the kind of traditional entertainment world in some ways so it's fun to kind of be a part of that there's a lot of really wonderful and generous filmmakers and what was the budget for this project the budget was almost a million dollars for the film so uh, if you just because of the number of storylines we had to film the kind of like the speed at which we were trying to make sure that this film came out. Um, it sounds like a ton, but it's, it's a pretty kind of normal budget for like a high end feature documentary at this point. It looks great. It, just when the opening's coming I'm, and I love the, the optimist coin, uh, <laughs> you know, you. And the, the logo. I mean, yo, this is, I'm like, this is fresh. It's so, it's so clean. It's so clean. Oh, Pro, he gives me uh, like Jack Harlow vibes, kind of. Does that, that, that come up ever? Because he's like into music and yeah, he loves music. Like he, uh, Pro is such uh, a character. I mean, you, you'll see people will see in the film. I wish they could all just see it right now, but it's he's kind of the ideal documentary subject. In some ways, he's just so open. And you might, when you're watching, you're like, sometimes you're like, why is he letting you film this? Like these money is such a personal issue and pro is so kind of in some ways brave to share that so openly all the people in this film are um and that sometimes you're just like pro i want to shake you right especially in moments when you're like why don't you just sell a little bit of this money to make sure that you're okay because the crazy thing was you know i, I there's this one moment in the film and, and a lot of people might remember this moment it's when elon musk was on saturday night live and you know, Doge was at its all time high and I'm sitting there and filming pro in his tiny, I think like 200 square foot apartment, which is so, so small. I can't even describe how small this is it's just like, it's a room with a tiny kitchen and a bathroom. And I know that pros credit cards had just been like canceled. His account was maybe at like $200 in cash, but he was worth almost at the height of that almost $3 million in Dogecoin. And I was just like, pro, why don't you just sell like a little bit of it? But um, you know, I think there's a number of reasons why pro wasn't selling at the time. One was, uh, 
just this kind of responsibility to the community where he didn't want to let people down. Um, you know, he really did believe that Dogecoin was going to keep going up and, and he he wanted to make sure that his family was set and he could have reached these dreams of becoming, you know, having a rap label and kind of these ambitions that were really that are that he still has and yet it was just like ah, man there's this scene with his friends who are just like trying to they they're even saying it like bro why don't you just sell a little bit um so it is uh can be someone described the film as a financial horror film <laughs> and i was like oh, oh man interesting like yes parts of it probably are there is a little bit of that tension or like that uh throughout the film that that keeps you watching yeah, I think the audience will be cheering along during those moments also. And mm -hmm. it's so neat how you just captured history in real time and you just ran with it. So oh, that's thanks. so neat. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we wrap up, anything else you want to share? Um, oh, what do you have coming up in the near future? Yeah, so um, this film, we're really excited when it finally kind of comes out for broader audiences to see. And if anyone's interested, they can follow um, on Instagram. It's just at Tinfa Film. This is not financial advice, the acronym Tinfa Film, or just at Optimist, which is our production company on Instagram as well. But yeah, we've also been working on some other films. Um, we uh, early on actually did a, an NFT drop uh, that funded a film about Ethereum and the founder of Vitalik. Buterin. So I've been traveling around the world for the last two years uh, with Vitalik in that community. Um, so lots to keep an eye out for. Uh, have you gone to any of the conferences where he speaks in Europe or anywhere and, and he's on stage wearing his full looks that he wears and <laughs> you're, you film some of those? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've been all over the world with Vitalik, including Ukraine and uh, Colombia, uh, uh, Portugal, Berlin, uh, Amsterdam. I mean, it's taken us all over. So I'm really excited to share that when we finally are done. I'm excited to see it. I have about, I don't know, in one wallet, maybe over 400 NFTs on Ethereum. So uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love Ethereum. Yeah, I'm all in on Ethereum. Yeah, very awesome. neat. Yeah, well, congratulations to you and your partner on This Is Not Financial Advice, your new documentary. I'm very bullish, big fan. I'll be definitely sharing it with my communities. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining and you're welcome back on She's All Over the Place anytime. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been really great. Definitely. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow Zach on all social media accounts. Share this episode with at least one person because of you, we're in the top 2% out of all known podcasts. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Great. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki. Over and out. <laughs>